Welcome to the More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm Amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher. If you're anything like I used to be, you've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success. You create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do, and now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. Maricela, thank you so much for coming on the show with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Amber, for having us, for having me. And this is an awesome community that I'm very um, happy to be a part of. So thanks for holding this networking. Yes, um, I'm so excited to have you. So let's go back and learn more about you and where you're from. Where did you grow up? So I am originally from Mexico. I was born and raised there um, at age 23 that I actually came to the States. And what brought you to the U.S.? Oh, it's funny you ask. So um, I was actually in the corporate world in um, in Mexico. I have gained, I earned my business degree, and I was working as a assistant in in a company that was as a family company. A lot of our business was linked to the U.S., so the the um, owners spoke English. And I remember one day um, my boss, which was the son of um, the owner of the company, he, I was his assistant. So he called me into the office and as he was finishing up a call in, in English, I was just mesmerized looking at and listening to the conversation that I couldn't understand. So I remember telling him, uh, I would like to speak English in the fluency that you speak it. And he's like, ah, I don't think so, but okay, let's just get on to the business. And to me, that was fire under my feet to take action and, uh, when I came to the States, that was my primary focus to, to learn the language. Uh, that's so amazing. So how long have you been here? Uh, you're going to count and do the math. <laughs> I came at age 23 and I'm 45. So oh, nice. uh, about 20 something years. <laughs> that's perfect. And what do you do now? So I am a little diversified in my, <laughs> my profession. So I'm a, by trade, I, uh, reach my um, doctorate degree in anesthesia provider, so I do anesthesia uh, services as a full time and nurse anesthetist. And on the side, we have uh, my husband and I have built a, a real estate portfolio, a rental, uh, single families, multi small multi living, and a commercial. And we self-manage that. So we, in a given day, you might find me with a military hat because I am also in the military reserves, Navy reserves. I scrub hat because I work in the OR, a landlord hat because <laughs> I am landlord. We manage our, our portfolio of 35 units and or a um, real estate investor hat. So several hats. I just switched by the day. <laughs> That's awesome. So I always like to ask my guests, and I think that it's so interesting asking this to somebody that comes from a different cultural background, but you see where your life is now, and you think back to when you were a kid, and you were inevitably asked that question, what do you want to be when you grow up? What did you, where did you think your life was going to be when you were a kid? The earliest memory of, I guess, choosing a profession was being a, a teacher, 
And I, I think because I had an amazing teacher that she just took the time to make me, like integrate me and give me the feedback that I needed and see past the students. And I thought that was just a wonderful thing to do and to be able to um, to provide. So I, I thought I will be a, a teacher, but I am not. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you teach in your own way, though. There's always so much teaching in, in all of the areas that you mentioned earlier, especially in the real estate area and then in the networking area. There's so much education that goes into those. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, things that I saw in that teacher, it's part of like sharing what we have, sharing our knowledge. And it doesn't have to be a structured course or some, something that some people have to pay for it. But we, uh, we're always like willing and looking for the opportunities to share and to build others. And um, so I guess that's, that's what you take. And it doesn't have to be that profession, but the, the things that you want to accomplish by looking at, at, at a profession that, that you carry on with your life. So you're absolutely right. I love that. So what are the favorite things about what you get to do now? Um, that's, that's the thing. Well, part, I guess if we're doing a total renovation, the demolition day is the, the fun day. <laughs> that like gets some energy out of your system. But uh, the real enjoyable thing for us is to have somebody, somebody that wants to come into the, for, for example, the real estate business, um, and, and mentor them and see them build up their portfolio and see them take the first action towards their financial independence. And, um, and if it, does, it, it doesn't have to be real estate, but if somebody just trying to get out of debt and structuring a, pay, a payment plan that they can, that works with what they have and, uh, or even simply putting somebody in a budget because that puts them in the control, uh, uh, the driver's um, seat so that they have control of their finances and uh, to us that's like that we celebrate that every time we we uh help somebody to see with the clarity um with their finances it's, it's definitely a success for us and we love doing that that's so cool so we were talking before we jumped on and started recording today about this amazing networking community that you're creating can you talk about that a little bit Yes, and well, it all started from we repeating the same concept, the same questions. People will come with the same kind of questions, very or very similar. So we decided to open or um, um, this is a Zoom virtual meeting on Wednesdays, and we just call it casual conversations, taking the taboo out of talking about money. You know, you you it, it is so isolating when when you try to put yourself out there. You either out of the, the uh, you're definitely out of your comfort zone when you put your finances out there. So because of that, that tends to be very taboo-ish. You know, nobody, nobody either wants to address it or you are, you have too much money to talk about it or you don't have enough money to talk about it. And, and it doesn't have to be that way. So we try to bring informational um, content and uh, in a way we, we allow others to celebrate their successes. It doesn't have to be a huge success or um, something that is just going to carry you on to the next phase or to your next goal. So we create a community where people feel free to share their humble successes and to, to learn from each other. And we also bring some content that hopefully will get them into the, the right, if, sometimes even it's just the right mindset. You know, we have some people that uh, they said, well, we, yeah, it's like I, start, I started talking about fire, financial independence, retire earlier. 
and my friends think I'm I'm crazy. I just started my profession. Why should I be thinking about that? You know. So that's like the type of community that you that we want to build, so that that you can come and share that that those ideas and those techniques and those tips, and uh, and see that it's doable. See that other people is doing it. So um, we have those the conversation um, money conversation Wednesdays. And we also have a community blog that we we share information there as well. That's awesome. And I feel like it's such an important conversation to have. You know, you kind of hit the nail on the head when you were talking earlier about it being taboo to talk about money. And it doesn't matter, like you said, whether you have too much or too little um, in your mind. If you don't want to talk about money, that's a problem. And from a mindset perspective, you know, if you feel ashamed to talk about money for whatever reason, if you're telling your mind that it's not a conversation that you want to talk about, then it's so hard for you to actually be financially independent because we push away the things that we think we don't want to talk about. And so it's such an interesting thing when I always um, hear people talking about creating an environment where it is safe to talk about money. And I just think that's so powerful. Yes. And some, like the very first step that we ask um, if somebody wants to be mentor and all this is free, there's no charge to it. There's like this, let's just make that happen, that connection. But um, so if, if the first thing that we ask is, do you have a budget? Like, do you know where your money is coming in and where it's, it's being spent on? And majority of the people do not. And, and that's the, the first step to see, maybe you are already financial independence. Do you want to, you know what the definition of financial independence is? How, how do you define that? How is it that, that it's going to be applicable to you? So many people is already financial independence, but they don't even know it because they just chase it. Then like they, they just don't even record it. So, and the assets that we account for is not just the money, but the time because you have time and if you have time you can make money or you you know you can contribute to others and that will and 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 time will bring you riches as well so um but and that's the thing that we do budget your time and budget or track your time and track your uh money expenses that's awesome what was your motivation to start this it's such a cool program um so when all this COVID started, well, we always, every time I have a chance and I have two years of listening, I'm going to be talking about <laughs> this and ideas and how I did it and how you can do it. But uh, again, I found myself repeating the same content over and over. So when this COVID uh, came up and, and the medical community with my fellow CRNAs, the nurse anesthetist community, the, the, that's a high earner group uh, of people. So um, they were, and a lot of them have this small business because they provide their services as a, a small business and uh, or independent contractors. So I reach out and I say, hey, you guys, if you're gonna be processing these uh, loans that are being available by by the small business administration, you're probably gonna need, or your bank is gonna need a PNL, profit and loss statement, for your company. And I had over 180 people reaching out to me, asking me, what is that? How do I get that? Can my accountant get that? And that's just like, and as you know, you're, you're a lawyer, you know this, this terminology, but it was so saddening to see hardworking, very like highly educated people not even knowing what the basics of what your, your business should, should have or should be based on, on, and so I, again, I would like responded to all of them and I gave my, my template 
for free to all of them. But in that in that moment, I realized this is something that it needs to be addressed. It needs to be a community where we can. It doesn't matter what you know what your status or your income um, uh, or your education. This is some basic knowledge that you should have established. If you have a business, you should be able to run it as or, uh, capable of running as a business. But majority of the people that come to us, they have read all these amazing, very informative books. They have followed or listened to podcasts, but for some reason, they don't bring it home. They don't apply that. They have a, a hard time applying. So we are really talking about uh, this is how you do this. This is, the, this is the acronym. This is like teaching you the language to interpret what you learn. And, and when I talk about learning, you know, I have to learn when I came to the States, I have to learn the English. Like I have felt handicapped not speaking English. My, I had a degree in business, but I couldn't practice because I didn't, I have no idea. Like I can't, you know, implement. So I immediately became handicapped. Then when I came to the Navy or in the medical community, you know, like I, you have to learn another language. It's the lingo that you have to learn, right? So yeah. I educated myself and, and, and acquired that knowledge. Same when I came to the Navy, same, like there's all these acronyms, you have to speak the language. And so the same content and the same content or the same point is when people are trying to reach financial independence, but they don't know what an asset is or a liability is. Like those are some of the very, very basic know, uh, vocabulary that you must learn how to speak before you actually understand the content that is written in all this high intellectual level books and it's not your fault it's just the system that we have in the school or the society that we live in the states or even in mexico where, where i where, where it, you have to see uh you have to seek those opportunities and you have to self-educate on those topics because that's just the way of the system works we don't provide that as a primary or require um educational level so if you're not in the mindset of looking for that type of topics, probably never going to happen. So try to make it digestible for our audience. I love it. So what was your um, driving force or your desire to get into the world of entrepreneurism? Have you always had an entrepreneurial spirit or is something that came later in life for you? Um, it, it was mostly a survival survival skill um so growing up my my mother we is a, we are, have a family of eight nine of us actually and uh, she was a single mother she she never attended school because that's in in the country and the society that she lived uh, girls were not allowed to attend school so she always like have the desire to learn and at 65 years old it, she was like teaching herself how to write her name and write it in a signature um but but she was very successful delivering babies she was the midwife of the town so she always like had that skill and was able to provide for the family so when we moved to mexico city the you know there's hospitals so they 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 don't need a midwife you know most people go to the hospital so she had to like struggle for to provide the you know just the what we needed to to leave um, so I remember my sister, all of us really, we worked together, we worked so hard and, um, to provide and to help, to help the family. So in a way, I, I saw this as a creativity. My sister used to take us to the um, garage sales and we'll buy the distressed toys. And then she got uh, nail polish, the different colors, and then she'll be like, okay, we're doing arts and crafts today. So we just repurposed the 
those toys and then we turn around and sell them. So I saw that as a creativity, as a way of doing like family uh, things together um, and, and help, help, helping the family. So I never really saw myself growing in an environment of scarcity, but I saw myself taking uh, opportunity of what the, what the world had to offer. So it's almost like my glasses were always the entrepreneurial type of glasses. So anytime I see around, um, I see the world like this is something that we could take action. And it doesn't have to be a money to your pocket. It can be a, money, a type of money that you can provide others or you can help others uh, reach their, their, their success. And um, I guess that's, but yeah, to answer your question, uh, I always see the opportunity of doing some kind of business. <laughs> that's awesome. So if you could think back to when you started, you know, your first businesses and your entrepreneurial journey, if there was one lesson that you wish you would have known, one thing that you could go back and tell yourself back then, what would it be? So, you know, that as, as entrepreneurs, you, you'll be lying if you said, I never fail. <laughs> like, that's just, that's just not uh, the authentic you. When I when I came to the States, I had saved enough to uh, uh, establish a business. But then I came to the States, so it was I had to manage it for this from distance, and that just didn't work. Um, so you have to understand the area that you're going to be investing or in, uh, creating a business, and have the resources to manage it. So now that we have uh, the real estate um, portfolio. We have established processes and, and, and systems that SOPs uh, that we are able to manage that from anywhere. In fact, I was overseas deployed and I, I was managing the portfolio, rental portfolio. So I have learned that if you're not there to do it, you should be training somebody else to do it. And I guess that kind of comes from the military. Like if, if you're, if you're at, in a mission and you, you, you're not, gonna make it then you better train the your fellow um uh you know uh teams to everybody should know your 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 hands on your your training like to to help you make that mission successful so and, and bringing that back to or business you have to train people so that you can they can carry on that mission and um and it, it doesn't it's not that people doesn't know what to do or that they fail you is that you fail them if you didn't have that in written you don't have the specific a b c d all this list of things that must happen so definitely fail to do that in the first christmas um yeah i think that that's so powerful um so many times as entrepreneurs and business owners we find ourselves in a situation where our business can't run without us. And we have, you know, we have this control freak mentality of like needing to take care of everything. And that's great when you're first starting out and trying to create those processes, but it causes a couple of really important problems. The first one is that you can never scale your business. You can never grow because you're the only one doing everything. And then the second is, God forbid something happened to you. Like if you're unable to work, would your business be able to go on without you? And I think that those are important questions that new business owners and entrepreneurs don't ask themselves enough. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I often tell my fellow medical uh, providers, like, you know, surgeons and, you know, anesthesia providers, they, we, sadly enough, we actually chose a profession where we have to be there present to, to make the money. You know, if you're doing anesthesia, you have to be there. There's no way that you can delegate that task. So, and you have to diversify and another business that you can actually do the passive income, do have that option to not be there every day and still have that business performed for you. For you. And, and that's like what one of the things that we um, advocate to diversify your source of income. And I believe, or we believe that everybody should have a business and run it as a business, but everybody has some kind of skill, some kind of intellectual power, superpower that, that they can establish and take advantage of that taxation law. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And, um, you know, I can definitely resonate with what you're saying as an attorney, there are certain things in my business that I have to do. You know, I can't ask my paralegal to go to court for me. That's just not the way that it works. But the most powerful thing is trying to figure out where you should be spending your time. You know, we don't want to run businesses to be delved into them and working 90 hours a week. You know, these are supposed to be um, avenues to make money for us, allow us to pursue a passion, and then also give us some sort of an, a light at the end of the tunnel. Otherwise, we might as well just be working in a nine to five job. And so being able to delegate those things out and make sure you're only spending your time where it's necessary is so important because as a business owner, time is the most valuable resource that you have. Oh, absolutely. And, and again, it comes down, it comes down to, do you have that, that written out plan that the person that is going to be doing that work uh, can follow and is going to do it just the way it needs to be done. You know, you have to standardize a process. You have to put it in, in paper. So if, something happens to you that the system the systems are there in place so that somebody um, else can take over and take over the wheel and keep on driving it um the other thing that i was going to refer to is point that you make there is that we will have to be able to pick and choose on what the most value that we can add by using our time so you can stay busy all day long 24 7 but is that adding value and if you calculate what your your uh I will say dollar amount per hour in, in, in can you delegate that and still save you money because you're going to pay somebody to do it. But in reality, if you do it yourself, you could do it, but is that going to free up some time to do something else? Like for example, I, I'll, I've been doing medical missions to different countries um, and I can allocate that time and that, that money because I work like maniac when I have to do it. But, if, if I have to do, if I have to do that so I can free up some time and then do what I enjoy and add uh, to, uh, value to what I believe is important to me. So I want that flexibility. And part of that, like being successful to me is like having the uh, control of your time and your money is, comes along, but yet your time, like, why do you want to spend your time and what is important to you? Is, is it important for you to go and work for another two, three months a year? Because that's going to be um, you know, your savings or whatever, like you, it comes to a point where you have to be able to allocate what's important to you. And if it is not making an income, but going making a presence in a different place and a community that, that needs your services or can use your services, 
that is what fulfills your heart, you know? So you have to have that flexibility to choose and, and see where you're going to spend your, your time and during your life trip. Like, yeah, I 100% agree. And I'm so glad that you mentioned your definition of success because that was almost literally my next question. Um, so I love that you brought that up, but I want to step back just a minute and talk about what you just said because it's so powerful. So many business owners are so reactionary in their business that they're not looking forward to see, is there a better place that I can spend my time or, you know, what if I bill or my time is worth this much per hour in my business, then what tasks should I be doing and what tasks should I not be doing? And how does this affect me in the future? And these are questions that, you know, really get to the heart of what you were talking about before with being able to free up your time and make sure that you are allowing others to do the work that you don't need to do. And something that, um, you know, until business owners get to the point where they need help, they normally aren't thinking about setting the processes to make it to where that help is actually possible. And then if they're anything like I was, they end up saying, oh, it's just easier for me to do it myself, right? So they just do it themselves, but eventually it's not. And so I love what you talked about because I think it's so important for business owners, new and experienced alike, to really start being intentional instead of reactionary in their business when it comes to where they're spending their time. Absolutely. And it's definitely, it's definitely not that easy task. You know, like you said, I'm going to do it because I know it's going to be done right. And it's probably, you're probably right. You know, there's no person that is going to take better care of your systems or your, your business or your houses, whatever it is that is bringing the money in um, than you. That, that's, but then you also have to train your people. You have to take the time to go through. You probably are going to go, if you're talking constructions, you're probably going to go through different contractors. So why not start today? Start vetting them, start learning them, start teaching them. Same thing with your tenants, you know, like start, start the process as soon as you make interaction. And it's not easy because as a, uh, being an uh, entrepreneur, you're on your bus, so you don't want somebody else to, to tell you or to run your business. But you have to make yourself vulnerable to say, okay, uh, they are probably going to make mistakes. I'm not like, you know, and guess what? Sometimes they do it better than you. They probably will do it better than you because that's their specialty. So why not just gear them to where you want them to be and then plug them into your, your processes that, that they're not going to come and take over the whole business, but they can attend to your calls, to your uh, litigations, to whatever it is that keeps your business going. And they are so specialized at that specific task that you're going to just cash on that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that. That's super powerful. So you mentioned earlier that your definition of success is having complete control over your time, having complete ability to control where you spend your time. Has that always been your definition of success or do you feel like that's changed throughout your life for you? It obviously changes. You know, at one point I was paddling for just making it through. And then I was making it through education, getting through grad school and doctorate. I, like sometimes your success is just ending the day. And you have to, you know, if you have kids, keeping the kids alive, that might be the definition of your success. <laughs> so it all depends on uh, what really what's going on in your life. At this point in our life, we feel that 
having this availability to pretty much manage our own time and and put it into invest it into what is important to us. So whether it's making a call or making a transaction with the state in the business or um, taking a mission and getting getting through the community or getting somebody to buy their own their first property or clear up their finances to, to us, whatever it is that is important to us, having the flexibility, like having the flexibility that not have to go to work if we don't need it or, or, or want, or do go to work because we truly enjoy that. So definitely has changed, but that seems to be the, the common theme to stay in control of our time and uh, how we manage it and what we spend it um, on. Love it. So let me ask you this follow-up question. So um, you mentioned fulfillment earlier today. For you, are success and fulfillment the same or um, how are they related to each other? So I believe they go hand in hand. To me, being fulfilled is having the choice on where I want to contribute my time and making that difference and truly feeling like I make the difference in somebody's life. I always refer to like, oh, this is, I'm I'm fulfilled. And even my husband, the first time I told him, I'm like, you make my life fulfilled. Like I'm content. I'm like, it's just like a a feeling that you have it all, you know? And, and when you have the control of your time, you have the, the, the same thing. You're, you're driving this, this vehicle that is your life and you're taking control of your journey. So I believe they go both of them hand in hand and and the way that you conduct your life and conduct your business. You know, I realized when I started this podcast that people throw around words like success and fulfillment and happiness and content and, you know, whatever other words that follow. Yet, you know, there's this textbook definition of what those words mean But then there's also that definition of what they mean to each one of us. And I feel like that second part is something that's not explored enough by people when they're saying, okay, I want to be successful. That's awesome. But what does it mean to you? And what does it mean to you to be fulfilled? And so I love to hear that these questions are making you think because that's the entire purpose of them for my guests and for my audience. So I'm glad that they kind of pushed you into an uncomfortable zone. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. And you know that um, when you share, and I, this is this happened to me when I shared when I decided to share my story because I was always a you know kind of very personal, like I would keep my own business to myself. And people used to comment on on like I have my military type of networking, I have my medical community, and I have my real estate community. So when I started talking about and you know intercalating like those lives, people were like, "It sounds like you have like a second life." And I'm like, "Well, let me show you a third one." <laughs> so <laughs> I started talking about it, and and it was this stage where I was like, oh, "This is so vulnerable." Like I I don't know if people is gonna you know like you start worrying about why how is gonna people preserve, like uh, see you or like you're trying to be a show of like no this is just who I am. And I'm opening the doors to, to, this is me. This is what I have going on in my life. I just will only tell you about OR, the operating room, because that's all we have in common. But I also know this and that and that. And, and because of that, like sharing different parts of my life, I have like a couple of the military members that now we're mentoring because 
they were like, I didn't know you did that. Wait a minute. Like this, this is, let me, let me pick your brain about this. And it is so, it was so enlightening to just like open up and just, yeah, let people into you, who you are and all the aspects of your crazy life. And, and, and I believe we start like part of it of com- compartmentalizing your life is a shield that you build, you know, it's just like, this is my comfort zone. And in the military, we often say, be comfortable, get comfortable with being uncomfortable and definitely being an entrepreneur and trying to build a networking community that, you know, like you don't want that the, the followers to, to, you know, you don't want to let them down. You want to contribute to them, to them. And so it's like a, it's a push to us to go research, to do learning, to, to learn more and then like truly bring what's new or what's happening or how can we contribute to your success. And so it's, it's a growing phase of, of that aspect of our life. And it's been nothing but exciting. And, and like you see the people's like, I was on the phone with, we have a, a three masterminds that we are part of, uh, my husband and I, and uh, we were on the phone with one of the members and uh, somehow they're like, just talk to Maricel and Chris because they will kind of get your business set up, you know? So as we were on the phone, this guy is telling me, you know, you just saved me about $40,000 on like what I can allocate and, you know, by creating the <laughs> LLC and all this stuff. I'm like, all right, don't. <laughs> like, this is, this is awesome. You know, like you, you see this, this people and uh, like we had another comment that um, she came to the community and, and so she's like, you know, after I got off the phone, I have to go look up the, the definition of LLC. So, so that's to tell you the spectrum of what the um, audience and what the networking community, you can never just underestimate or like you, we have to spell it out for people. And that's totally okay. It doesn't matter what level of, uh, you know, knowledge you have. We're trying to, we're trying to iron all these wrinkles and then contribute to that and we are always welcome like just call me on the side if that didn't make sense you know um but yeah this is is definitely a growing phase and being vulnerable definitely has make us grow and no yeah going back to your comment of um making you pretty much shake up and and rethink your words you know you're right we sometimes build up this vocabulary but if you don't say it with um, being genuine, like it doesn't mean anything that like, you can, you can repeat this well-known speech, but if you're not, not like, if you're not, if it doesn't come from what your interpretation and your own internalization of the word is probably going to sound very fake to others. Yeah. I 100% agree with you. And you know, it's not intentional, just like what you talked about before. Like people don't know what they don't know. So they come to you and they're like, now I have to go look up a definition of an LLC. You know, I don't think that people try to sound ingenuine. I just think that these are questions that people, we, we don't push ourselves in society and just regular um, interactions to go to that vulnerable place. You mentioned masterminds and I absolutely love masterminds uh, because you surround yourself with people that are constantly asking different questions, that are doing different things, that are learning different things. And your perception of the world just completely changes when you go into a mastermind and you just surround yourself with like powerful action taker entrepreneurs who are just like pushing the boundaries that they have. Yeah, and a big part of that, uh, so having that community, again, that, that is going to empower you with, I want to hear about what you're doing. I want to contribute to that. I, 
I want to uh, be a part of that success, you know, and then in the same way, you're learning from others that are probably going through the same obstacles, and then you lift each other um, in, in each other in, in, in unity. And other things that we, um, like you have a community that is going to hold you accountable for what you open your mouth to verbalize and said, I'm going to do this, you know, it, it is so powerful. I remember the very first time that I joined that call and I said, uh, I want to like get my taxes done. That's like as simple as like, you must do it. Right. Well, what is it that is I'm dragging my feet to do? I find myself busy doing all this other stuff. But during the week after I opened my mouth and verbalized it and I told that community, I'm, this is what I want you to hold me accountable for. Every time I started doing other tasks, it got, it's it just like, I can hear my own self, my own voice saying, okay, I promise. Or I, so it just feels so powerful that the, uh, how your brain works. It was like, it was like shifting visually and mentally to say okay no don't pick up that you know closet that you need to organize you need to finish this because you said it you know and it goes to the same concept um, as writing your goals writing them and verbalizing them like say them out loud and we we have this um, um, I guess routine we write or or goals in a, a mirror so that we can see it every day or you can see it constantly, but it's so much, so powerful to write your, your goals down. And um, it just leaves another uh, document that, that you did it. Like this is how much you accomplished. And it's a neuroscience associated with that. You know, there's the hormones that your, your brain releases when you achieve something. Same thing, like stop and celebrate your successes. Doesn't matter how big or small they are. You're gonna engrave to your brain that that whatever you did was good. So keep on doing that, and your brain registers that, and then it gives you that motivation. And then next time you do it, the same the same concept happens until it becomes like an addicting thing to do. Because that gave me something good, so I'm gonna go and do that. And uh, those are very 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 simple and cheap. Like you don't have to pay for that. Your brain is already giving you the good uh, hormones. But those are behaviors that you can implement. And I talk about this on the gloves, like how, how you train your brain. What are the things that you can do to, to set yourself in the mindset of success? Um, so, yeah, and there is, there is neuro, like certain uh, um, science proving this. It's not, it, it's not a secret. It's just that you choose to inform yourself and you choose to take action on this. Yeah, and I'm so glad that you mentioned that because... I talk about this a lot with my masterminders where we get that feeling of accomplishment and that accomplishment feels good. And there's also this dangerous aspect of it. And this is really where I try to force people or to push people towards is we can get addicted to that sense of accomplishment without actually paying attention to the big term picture. Anyways, we, we get that sense of accomplishment and then we just feel like we have done, you know, all these amazing things and we should be successful, right? But we're not happy with where our life ended up because those weren't the accomplishments that we were supposed to be accomplishing. Like we didn't take time to really look down and build a roadmap. We just were successful at things and so we kept doing them. And so I really love what you talk about with you know, 
training your brain and getting used to that. And then I also just want to add to that, like making sure that you're looking at that big term picture so that you're going in the right direction. Oh, absolutely. Um, so we, we actually have our goals or written goals for three years, immediate, like six to one year and then three years and then five years. And I don't know if you hear that, you probably hear the concept that we have, the big, big scary uh, goal that you set yourself to. Like what, that's pretty much like asking you yourself, why am I in this universe too? <laughs> like why, why do I even exist? And that's such a scary question to ask yourself. Because, yeah, you can plan for a week, you know, again, like you can plan for a day and be successful. But then when you add all of those days, day after day, where are they getting you? So it's like you're, you're driving a ship, right? You're going on, on one direction and it only takes one little tilt from the, the driver that is going to get you to a completely different direction. So if you're not looking ahead and if you're not looking far ahead from your your day, the 24 hours or, or your week, it is going to be very difficult to make some changes later on. So yes. that's why the importance of writing your goals. And if, even if that sounds scary and if they're going to change, uh, you know, once that you accomplish something, you might say, well, you know what? I don't want to build an adult refugee. Now I want a, you know, whatever else. But write them down because that's, what it, that's what's going to give direction to your day-to-day -day activities. And it is also going to make it more tolerable in a way that, you have that vision in mind and it doesn't matter how difficult your day was you're going to call it a day and you're going to say you know what tomorrow my day is going to start with this mission in mind and it's just going to clear up everything it's like a magic eraser it just erases all your pain and you're looking at the big goal instead of having like okay now i am internalizing what happened today and my life sucks you know yeah i love it well, this has been such an amazing conversation. Before we wrap up, where can people track you down if they want to learn more about what you're doing with your financial community, your financial independence community, your blog? Where can they track you down? Um, so the website for the, the blog and the networking is uh, uh, to financial independence. It's spelling out every single word. Uh, so I'm from financial survival to financial independence.com and we, and same same concept for uh, Instagram, but the financial independence is just abbreviated as an SI. And you can search me on Facebook, uh, Maricela Sovranis, if you want to. But. Perfect. I love that. Before we wrap up, I always love to end my interviews with this lighthearted random round and let people get to know you a little bit. Are you okay with that? Yeah, sure. Perfect. Um, if you could time travel, where would you go and why? Oh, that is an easy one. I will definitely go to uh, when I was six years old, five, five and a half years old, and my uh, grandma's community is a, a small community outside the city. It's natural. They grow their own food. I have the most sweetest memories living in, in that in that community and I'm actually writing a book about my grandma. My grandma lived to be over a hundred and four years old. She never celebrated her birthday because they they just she was raised by uh, uh, she was adopted during the revolution anyway so she didn't never celebrated um, a birthday because we didn't know exactly when she was born 
And she never had had a job, but she was the richest woman in that community and just by helping others. And anyway, so I'm writing a book. I'm sorry about this plugging in, but uh, that's what I would love to just wake up a morning, like just go to sleep and in the morning, wake up with the, the, the ambience. She always makes coffee with cinnamon in it. So the whole house will always smell like coffee with cinnamon. And yeah, that's love where it. I will go. <laughs> I love it. If you could do any profession other than what you're currently doing now, what would you like to attempt? Oh, that is a good one. Attempt, you say, right? <laughs> yeah, attempt or do, you know, there's, there's no wrong answers here. You don't even have to be good at it. Okay. I will, um, oh my God, uh, uh, pilot. I think definitely pilot. And, and you know, uh, people compare the pilot with anesthesia provider, uh, kind of the same. We have to create safety stops. You have to create, uh, uh, you know, so everything is about safety. And my um, uh, anesthesia program director always referred to, you know, as an anesthesia provider, you are, you, you know, as a pilot, if, you, if the plane goes down, you're going down with it. And as an anesthesia provider, you get the chance to leave. So that always sticks in my mind. So it's like, you, you know, you have to be vigilant. You have to be creating uh, very, you know, ways to react in a, in a trauma situation that you have in grave behaviors that they're going to save you and they're going to put you in a position of providing safety and uh, providing care for, for the ones that need it. So I think piloting, it's kind of the same high stress situation. <laughs> Maybe I'm just like adrenaline seeking. <laughs> I love so, yeah, it. I think that'd be awesome. I love it. If you were to recommend a book to somebody that you think would be helpful for them to read for their personal development or financial success, what would it be? Most definitely Robert Kawasaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And he just captures the, the idea. He just like gives you the, the wings to take off on your, uh, on your journey. And he does it in a way that it's not a pushy way, but it's more like I want to do it. It takes, it puts you in a position that, that you're in control, that how you want to take action after you put that book down, um, that that is definitely one of my favorite ones. And the other one will be um, The Millionaire Next Door and same concept, frugality, habits of savings and, you know, so I kind of, attached in a way that society that we live in, like we're always trying to compare to each other. We're always trying to, you know, be, you know, be better. Like, why is it, why, why is that important to you? And it just like, it disarms you from the excuses that we make from not being that millionaire next door. Yes. I love that so much. And last question, because I'm a music nerd. So I have to ask this question to every single one of my guests. What is your pump up song? What do you listen to when you just can't have a bad day? <laughs> uh, I, I like Keisha and this is so silly like and it also has to be like what the moon is like uh, if I'm out there for a run definitely something that you know brings the heart rate up but uh, Keisha is so silly it's like so you can remember the words so I love it yeah. I love it <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on with me today Mary Sala. I really appreciate it and I have enjoyed our time together I appreciate your time and thank you so much for sharing your insight with the audience
Thank you so much, Amber. It's been so much fun. And I, like I said, I told you before, your, your uh, speakers have added so much value to, to my own journey that I'm so, so grateful to be here and to share whatever they, that your audience can take from my uh, conversation with you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That means so much. Have a fantastic day. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. If anything that was said during this episode resonated with you or provided value in any way, it would mean the world to me if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the More Than Corporate Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I'm really looking forward to connecting with you. If you'd also like to connect, I've created a Facebook group that is full of amazing people who also make it their mission to live their best life every single day. If that's that sounds like something that you're interested in. The name of that Facebook group is Success Center. Head over there, request to join, and I look forward to connecting with you soon.